Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. Startup CPG is a launchpad and community for small brands. We host interactive events and serve as a resource for insights and expertise to build a brand that's better for people and better for the planet. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Miriam Elgani, founder of Garlic Goodness, Garlic Dips and Snacks. Garlic plus the lemon plus the love equals garlic dip. That's just really it. The garlic would be nothing without the lemon. The lemon would be nothing without the garlic. And you got to incorporate that love. I'd also like to take a moment to shout out another awesome podcast if you want to hear more stories about entrepreneurship. Small Biz Gone Viral is a podcast created by a member of the Startup CPG community, Grant LeBeau, founder of Rickaroons. It's a podcast that captures the impact COVID-19 is having on small businesses and the humans who run them. So after listening to this podcast with Miriam, definitely go check out Small Biz Gone Viral. Somebody had mentioned to me, like, there's just no way they're going to accept you and blah, 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 <laughs> negative stuff. And it's been really successful, even though we launched during COVID. On this episode, we talk about the realities of being a founder, what it takes to get your product onto a shelf, both personally and brand storytelling wise. How do you bridge the gap between what you're bringing to the table personally versus what you want to get out into the world? My name is Miriam Elgani, and I am the founder of Garlic Goodness, Garlic Dips and Snacks. We make a line of Mediterranean garlic dips and soon to be other items. What inspired you to create this garlic dip? I grew up in the Silicon Valley in San Jose. Gilroy is nearby. So I'd wake up to the smell of garlic in the morning all throughout my childhood. The garlic sauce or any kind of garlicky recipe kind of reminded me of well, like a love. It reminded me of closeness. It reminded me of one of those ingredients that it's such, such a powerful, delicious taste that it leaves everybody with smiles on their face after. And it's a universally loved ingredient for recipes all over the world. You know, when my parents started their restaurant, they started making this authentic Lebanese dip called tomb. And that's what this garlic dip is. The original garlic flavor is whipped garlic dip. It was so popular at their restaurant. We became known for it, that we had the best garlic dip in the whole Bay Area. People would drive all the way from Sacramento to come to our restaurant. And one of the reasons was this dip. It infuses raw garlic, sunflower oil, olive oil, lemon juice all together. And it creates this delicious, rich, garlicky sauce that is just a burst of flavor. And it leaves you wanting more. Give us a shot. We're not VC funded. We're very small family owned company. This garlic dip, it's been in your family for years. Tell us about it. What is it inspired by? relating to to this company now is it it became a nostalgic ingredient it reminded me of family it reminded me of some of the good times playing in the garden or my dad teaching me how to grow garlic and tomatoes and other things in the garden the inspiration behind the dip is actually a Lebanese recipe called tum. it's an a garlicky sauce that they would put inside of street food and it would just add flavor to skewers of, of rotisserie chicken and they'd add pickles and put it on a pita bread and that would be Lebanese street food. The essential ingredient would be this garlic sauce. I was inspired by that and just how powerful and how it is integrated into the Lebanese community and all of their foods that I said it would be great to 
bring it to the American market. And so um, it really is an authentic Mediterranean recipe. And this recipe, you know, it has had success, of course, in Lebanon, but also in your family's restaurant, right? That's right. Um, my family owns a Lebanese or Mediterranean restaurant in the Silicon Valley um, since 2008. We serve the garlic dip on all of our wraps and all of our plates, and uh, we became very popular because of it. So people people would come to our restaurant from really far away to eat our food, to get a taste of the garlic dip and have that whole experience. And uh, when people started asking for it in, in containers to go to eat it with pasta or other reasons that they would say, oh, well, there's more ways than the ways we're serving it to enjoy this dip. So maybe there's more to it. It's just so exciting. I wake up every day and I think about where I am now and compared to where I was two years ago or even six months ago, I have so much more to go. Certainly very humbling (laughs) to look back at where I started and how I used to fill each jar, each uh, container, and it was a jar with with a spoon (laughs) and and where I am now where I'm using this heavy equipment. And it's just uh, with my persistence that I've been able to come this far. That's incredible. Thanks, Miriam. So how are you envisioning people using the stip now? When I think of tomb as the original garlic sauce, um, I at first wasn't sure how to even name it. Should I name it a dip or should I name it a sauce or so forth? And I thought about, well, how, I, how do I want people to experience this? Honestly, eating it as a dip, it just makes more sense because you can share it with people, you can have it at parties, and you can enjoy it with the people that you're you're with. And that's that's the whole point of it is that whole togetherness aspect of food, bringing people together. So when I put it in a, a dip container, it just made more sense. I personally love eating it with pita chips. <laughs> I really do. Um, sometimes crackers or I add it on the toast and put a fried egg and avocado on it. I've, I've marinated steak with it. Um, it's just real. It's really versatile. It can be a dip. It can be a sauce. It can be a marinade. It can be a salad dressing. And, and that's what What's so great about this is it's really personal. Tell us about your flavors. I imagine something that's really bold, garlic in and of itself. Some people like me love garlic. And then your other flavors are even more bold, jalapeno and chili pepper. What are you discovering about customers and what they're wanting from garlic goodness? And how did you come up with these flavors? Great question. Um, <laughs> the chili pepper flavor um, I created because my dad was making this spicy garlic chili pepper sauce in his restaurant. And it was another one of those things where people were were just totally addicted to it as I infused them together. It's for people who love love the flavor of chili pepper. They love a little bit of a kick, but they still they still want to be able to enjoy their food, right? So it's not overpowering. Uh, none of these, and that's what I like about it is the balance. That chili pepper sauce is called shata in uh, Arabic, and it's a it's also known throughout Lebanon as this chili pepper hot sauce. And the jalapeno flavor is an, actually inspired by my grandma, uh, my mom's side, and she's from Yemen. And there is a hot sauce in Yemen called bispas, and that is a jalapeno cilantro serrano infusion, uh, and with garlic <laughs> and lemon juice. So. I basically took that hot sauce and I said, well, how can I incorporate it? And I played around with the recipe. I think in America now it's known as zug, which is just another Arabic word for the same thing. 
So this is essentially zoo garlic dip. <laughs> and then the original one is, is, the, is the authentic I mentioned earlier. When I hear you talk about your dip, it reminds me of this gorgeous heart necklace that I have. And it almost takes up the whole of my face. It's so big. It's like the size of my palm. But it's a hollow heart. It sounds like, whoa, so bold and intense. How could you wear a massive heart necklace? And yet when I walk around with it, I always get so many compliments because it's dainty and approachable. And it sounds like that's what you've done with this garlic dip. You're not afraid to be bold and like bring your vision to life of sharing this really special sauce with people. And you've made it approachable for lots of people. Absolutely. Um I think uh, it's really interesting that really comes out when people taste it for the first time. They're scared to try it because it says garlic and it says jalapeno or it says chili pepper. And then <laughs> they taste it and they're like, oh my God, there's just a burst of flavor and it's not burning my tongue. And I'm really enjoying this. And that's a great way to put it. It's, it's it, We're trying to bring garlic to people in a way that they can really incorporate it into their diet so beneficial for people. It's healthy. And so um, this is just a great approachable way to incorporate it into your diet for sure. Garlic Goodness has recently gone through a rebranding. Originally, you had the heart, which kind of looked like an upside down garlic bulb as the kind of center of <laughs> your brand. And you've rebranded. Can you tell us a little bit about that transformation and what your new brand represents? I was lucky enough to win a marketing package with Food Rise Marketing right before, I think, Expo West this year. So sometime in March. And wow, Christopher McLaughlin designed these labels and I just fell in love when he presented them to me. And so he really captured what I was trying to do on my own. And, and that is just to... To, to show people just who we are through the label. And so uh, we have on this new branding, a halo over our garlic, which really shows the goodness part that we're bringing to the table. And just the, the pure ingredients is kind of just the halo really, really exemplifies that. That love aspect, the goodness aspect, the purity of our ingredients aspect for sure. And on the side label, we have the garlic plus the lemon plus the love equals garlic dip. I thought of that because I was like, well, wh what way can I easily explain to people what exactly this is and, and the purpose around it? And it, that's just really it. The garlic would be nothing without the lemon. The lemon would be nothing without the garlic. And you got to incorporate that love aspect. And it just brings it all together. And the care that we put into making every single batch, I mean, I still make it myself. <laughs> and that's, um, that's, that just shows you right there is, uh, you know, I have help in creating all of the dips, but I still oversee all of the manufacturing because I want to make sure that it's exactly how I want it to get to the customer. It's that original recipe. It's, it's the way that we've been making it in the restaurant for the past 12 years. It's the way, it's the same recipe that people fell in love with originally in the Silicon Valley and gained uh, my family's restaurant, the popularity that they have now. So it was important for me to incorporate that on there. So it's beautiful labeling. <laughs> I'm excited for it. It really is beautiful. And the colors uh, that are chosen are, I think, really lovely. I, yeah, I definitely want to try jalapeno and chili pepper, which when we first met on the startup CPG Zoom happy hour, like one of the first ones, I don't think I ha knew that you had those flavors and they really stand out. 
Yeah, the, the pop of the color, I think, is going to be really noticeable on the shelf. Before, I think two years ago, I think every single SKU was the same color because it didn't occur to me to make them different colors. And this, is, I mean, Christopher just did an excellent job of bringing to life exactly what I wanted to do is to differentiate them because they are very, all three of them are different. And usually everybody has their number one favorite flavor. So I want to make it easy for people to figure out which one is the one that they like when they're grabbing it on the shelf and they're in a hurry. And I wanted the colors to also show what the flavor is, the red through the chili pepper, the green with the jalapeno and the yellow with the, just the garlic. So it's, um, it's beautiful. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. The next question I have for you is tell me about your first one of your big wins, getting your product on the shelf. What was that like? Share share with us a, a success, a big win. Absolutely. My, my biggest uh, win as of 2020 is getting into Erewhon in Southern California. And that's five locations and six soon. I think uh, when they said yes, it was about a week after Expo West was canceled. And I had dropped off samples to them and Somebody had mentioned to me, like, there's just no way they're going to accept you and blah, 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 (laughs) negative stuff. And uh, I think that happens a lot for founders. And sometimes people don't know what you what you have to offer. Right. You just have to keep going and hopefully somebody will be able to recognize it. I was so ecstatic when Erewhon came back and said yes and decided to give give us a shot. And it's been really successful, even though we launched during COVID. It's been just really astounding results. It's been consistent sales and people reaching out on Instagram saying how they love it and taking pictures of it and and the people uh, that work at Erewhon saying how much they love it. And so that's really great. It's just um, even though there's other garlic dips out there, we're being picked up on the shelf and people are willing to give us a shot, even though we're not a super well-known brand yet. So it's been a great experience. I think I screamed and like ran around the house when I found out I got into the store. So super happy. (laughs) Something that stood out to me about that story when when we were first connecting was, you know, when people give advice and say, oh, well, it's it's such a slim chance, so competitive. That's kind of just based on numbers and something that's not human. And yet you got into the store by being yourself and being human and connecting with what someone really needs. I think you had shared that you made sure to bring something to dip your garlic sauce into. (laughs) That really helped you stand out. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I've been trying to incorporate now anytime I go to a store um, because they were just so appreciative. They said, oh, well, usually people just give me a dip and they, they don't give me anything to eat it with. And then I have to go spend my own money just to try the dip. And, and you know, that's like, I don't want to put anybody out. <laughs> I want them to like have a positive experience. So so that worked worked really well. And I, I used crackers that are, um, are owned by friends of mine. Uh, cult crackers and they're based here uh, where I am in Berkeley California as well and so I'm supporting another female-owned company by doing that and that's been a really great experience and so far that's the best thing to eat it with is those cult crackers they're a really great combination that's good to know I also love cult crackers I personally dig the cassava ones those are so unique and game-changing I love those (laughs) Absolutely. Those are my favorite too, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Something else we talked about 
in your experience of the rebrand was like, what I'm really inspired by is just in the few months I've known you, I've seen like so much growth for you as a founder because you transformed this brand. It was very personal. It really came from the heart and you had an your own personal story identified with it. And then you shifted towards creating something that's more universal, but still has this heart from the garlic goodness. And just seeing how you've collaborated with this mm-hmm. brand expert and hear, just hearing how you talk yeah. about the collaboration. Uh, something else you had shared with me uh, a few weeks ago was what it's like to be a founder and feel attached to your brand and see yourself on the shelf. Even I just said, you saw yourself on the shelf. What's that like <laughs> to bring a product to life? Oh, absolutely. Um it is so personal. I'm waiting for the day where I walk into a store and and see my product on the shelf, and I don't think uh, that's me on the shelf. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever happen, though, because every single thing that has gone into this company, there's memories tied to it. Um, you know, when a re- if a recipe was altered, if 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 <laughs> if the label changed a little bit, um, the placement on the shelf, just the history of it. There's so much. There's so many memories uh, attached to the company for me as the founder, because I'm still running it in every aspect of it. I can't help but look at it and say, that's that's me on the shelf. I'm on the shelf here. I'm on the shelf there. And when people talk to me, I say it like that. I am on the shelf here or there. You know, after you know, thinking about it a little more, it's I realized that I had to go through that transformation of sort of detaching because at the end of the day, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring uh, part of me to the market in this dip, and that's true. But but nobody mm. knows that, and nobody knows me, and they don't necessarily have to, or they don't have to at all to enjoy the dip, right? What's the purpose? I have to reflect on that. Is what's the purpose of me having this company? Do I want people to know me, or do I want to bring or and get joy out of bringing happiness to others through my food? And I, I realized the second was way more important to me. It's way less important for me pe- for people to know who I am and my background and what led me to start this company than it is for me to get this into people's hands and to bring that experience to them. And uh, that's when things started shifting for me. And I started on this path towards growth and change and I think bringing a more ready for market brand to to people. It's ready for it's ready to go anywhere basically now especially with this rebrand and that's really what the intention was is how can I best go about that and it was a process <laughs> it took a while and it, it and it was I think a healing process for me too to accept that this this isn't me on the shelf this is something I've created this is something that I have a lot of love for and there's a lot of family connection to it but at the end of the day, worst case scenario, if it, if things don't work out, it, a part of me is not going to die. It's just, it's just going to move on and grow into something else. And that's okay. That's incredible. A lot of founders can relate to that story. Wanting to maintain quality in your product that is aligned with your vision and you've created it and then also letting go in service of the bigger picture. I'm curious, what have you let go of? Well, 
Gosh, that's a good one. <laughs> this also feels like a very esoteric question. And if you can find a way to transform that esoteric question into something that's relevant for the startup CPG community, power to you. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think... Um... I think I was I was talking about this exact subject with my good friend uh, Wes, who owns Hoptonic Tea. We were talking about like who we are as people and how it comes comes out in our brand. He was complimenting my Instagram about how it's very it's very clean, and I think buyers like that, and it meets the demand of a lot of people, and so forth and so forth. And I said, well, yeah, but that's because I'm a people pleaser. I like, <laughs> I, I'm totally like that all the time. And that's been kind of something that I've had to change. I've had to really prioritize finding a balance, really. It's not not being a people pleaser, but it's also not going to that way to an extreme. So um, it's how to find that balance between, yes, I want to bring a product that can be consumed by at least the majority of people and create a brand that is scalable so it's it can meet the likeness of a lot of different companies and it would fit on a lot of different shelves and it's not too unique so that it can only fit a certain type of store for example kind of finding that balance of i still want to i still want it to be personalized and have have my unique touch to it and feel that it is something that i love but also looking at the bigger picture really and making it into something that i know everyone will love and not just me <laughs> and kind of separating that personal. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious if there's any decisions that you had one idea and then you went in another direction based on yes. other input. Other input. Yeah, absolutely. There was actually, I think if you if you took a closer look to my, at my label, you might notice that it says plant-based now. <laughs> yeah, I see that. And it wasn't before it had egg white and it, has had egg white since, uh, you know, we started making it at my, my parents' restaurant. Oh, wow. Yes. So this is new. This is brand new for garlic goodness. And that's why it was so important to me to bring out this new, this new brand with it too, because we want people to know, well, yeah, it's the same thing, but it's different because what's <laughs> totally without egg white now. And so now we can serve an entire new batch of people who are plant-based, who, who always wanted to buy our product, but was said, you know, would walk away in disappointment, basically, um, that they couldn't buy it when we were doing a demo or something. It was a long process of, of going through that and that decision making. And I was kind of going back and forth um, with it for a long time, uh, being stubborn about it, not wanting to change it, being told by other people not to change it, and letting that outside influence really, really get to me a little bit. And then uh, I just had to reflect about what's what's best for the company, though, and um, how can I make it taste exactly the same or better by making it plant-based? I finally found a solution <laughs> through a lot of trial and error and a lot of time in the kitchen and, and making sure that I can bring something that I actually think is better to the market. So starting in September, you'll only see plant-based on the shelf. That's a really awesome story. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. This is a traditional recipe that's probably been passed down in your family for a long time. And in order to bring it to a wider audience, you've made a change that 
again, is in the service to the bigger vision. And I'm curious, Miriam, what is your big vision for garlic goodness? (laughs) I want to be on shelves in Whole Foods. I want to be on shelves in Albertson companies like Safeway and Toronto's and so many others. I mean, I envision this being a product that people buy just like hummus. And I really think it's going to get there. I really think it's going to get there. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) Miriam, thank you for being part of our network and sharing your story as you grow. Just being part of our community in general. I think you bring so much. I'm just so grateful that you've made time for this podcast and have shared your story. So Miriam, how can people find garlic goodness? What are some stores? How can they purchase garlic dip? How do they learn more? So you can check us out at garlicgoodness.org and on Instagram at garlic goodness and same for Twitter and Facebook. The stores we're in uh, were currently just sold in California. So in Southern California, you could find us at all six Erewhon locations. In Northern California, you can find us uh, all the way from San Jose, all the way to Fort Bragg, Berkeley Bowl, Rainbow Groceries, Harvest Market, uh, soon we're going to be launching in Good Earth Markets, Community Market, Woodland Market, and, and many others. <laughs> and you can find the list uh, at garlicgoodness.org. Amazing. What's your experience with Startup CPG? How have you been involved in the community? I learned about Startup CPG during quarantine, I think in March. And I, I was one of the first batch of founders that I think started and started going to the Zoom uh, meetings and really had a lot of fun. I, I just, I ended up connecting with the founder of Oatly and now we're friends. And <laughs> so it's kind of, it's been a really great experience. I'm a part of the Slack channel. So there's a lot of resources and listen to the podcast. It's been so beneficial. I mean, there's just a wealth of information that Startup CBG brings to the table. Like I've never seen anywhere before. So if you are interested in the industry or starting something or already have something startup cpg is the is the place to be (laughs) Miriam, thank you so much if you like what you heard and you're interested in learning more sign up for our newsletter at startupcpg.com our newsletter lists all of our events you can get involved by joining a zoom happy hour and we also share industry insights from the startup cpg community so you can learn more at startupcpg.com We definitely want to have you involved. We have an active online community and these networking events are really fun. So perhaps you're even our next podcast guest. 